Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It is great to be here with Toenet Rabbanit Rivka Lubitsch, who is a board member for the Center for Women's Justice and a veteran rabbinic pleader who writes and lectures extensively about feminism and religion in her former capacity as director of CWJ's Haifa office and social awareness coordinator. Rivka helped define the public discourse on Agunot throughout her compelling depictions of the issues and women she represented in rabbinic courts through more than 300 blogs and articles, including weekly columns on Ynet and NRJ Mariv. These, along with her widely acclaimed new book, From the End of the World and Beyond, reflect her belief that achieving justice for women within Jewish law is necessary for tukun alam, making the world a better place. Thank you, Rivka, for taking time to talk. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so to <laughs> jump right in, um, I, um, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking about and what you're working on today. Okay, I'm going to start off with a story that literally happened yesterday. A woman calls me up. I'm in bed, sick, and the Mayaledet called me, who says she ha- is helping out a woman who um, was is has to decide whether to abort the child or not. She is divorced um, about eight weeks, and she's pregnant about four weeks, or. Not exactly. She's pregnant eight weeks and she's divorced just a little uh, less than that. Okay, so she got pregnant before she got divorced from her husband and it's from another guy. And she wants to be, a, she wants to marry this other person. Now, it, it get, you get caught in Israel because the, the state is looking after you. The Rabbanot is looking after Manzirim to try and find them and to pick them up. So if you have a child that's born 300 days um, after the Gerushin, you cannot, you cannot uh, register the child under another man's name. So the child gets stuck either without having a father, and it gets very suspicious later on, um, or you have to go and fight it in the, in, in the, in the uh, Bet Mishpat, and it's very, very complicated. Basically, she had to make a decision whether to do an abortion. I think she's going to decide not to abort. It's awful because... What we're facing is saying to a woman, basically, halavai that you're not Jewish. Turns out she went through, I'm going to say it in Hebrew, hashpalot, to, to prove that she was Jewish. She's from Russia. And the guy that she's, uh, that she's with is also Jewish. And at one point I asked, well, maybe he's not Jewish, and then you can be saved. Um, so he is Jewish. And I, I feel that as long as I have to be sorry that a person is Jewish and that the person they coupled up with is Jewish, then we're not on a good track because this she's going to spend the rest of her life literally trying to sort out this child. So this issue of Mamzerim, I believe, 
we have to just do away with it. I don't really care how we do it. I don't really care. And I'm on the verge. I mean, if you're going to have a question, how does this get along with you being orthodox? Then the truth is it doesn't. And it's getting worse and worse. I'm 59 years old. It doesn't get better. Um, and I am um, this close to saying that I've had enough with it because we it's impossible to continue to hurt children in this way and to go on saying that we're such wonderful people in that you. world. I hear you. So, so zooming out, how, how has the chief rabbinate's monopoly on power, um, uh, on, on their power, harmed women more broadly and, and mumsirin more broadly? Well, basically, the whole shitai in Israel is that there's everything is it's rikuzi. There's everything is through the rabbanut, and the rabbanut is trying to have more and more catch over people. And in fact, they're trying to hold the whole of the diaspora. They now have a project called Shiratayam. I don't know how many people know about it outside of Israel. It's not something very known yet. But they're trying to cap, to get hold of all the Jewish people in the world. This is um, a crazy idea. They're trying. They want to. They want to know exactly who is Jewish, and they're the ones who are going to decide it. This is terrible for all people. It's terrible for women. It's terrible for men. It's terrible for the Mamzerut issue. Um, we should be looking towards what happens in America where there are different bateidin. If you can't get married in one place, you maybe go to another place and get married. Mishpacha, mishinitma, nitma. If you've, you know, after, if they forgot about you, didn't notice how you, you came back in, you're okay. This is not the way, what's happening on in Israel. The, the, I, the, the, also the computerizing everything, the technology that they have now. Plus the um, what what the the betin has the state in back of them to back them up on everything they want. If I do something, if I go against the betin, if I do a bagat or something, if I go to to take them in some kind of a lawsuit, then the state is in back of them because they are part of the state. So even if I mean, I had that when I did a bagatz against the Hever Kadisha for not letting me give the eulogy for my father. I was standing opposite people who were non-religious and couldn't care less, but they're the state because the Hever Kadisha is the state. So this whole idea that my religion is part of the state and then I can't change it in the regular, normal way that it's been moving on in Judaism all the years is, is not right. It's religiously wrong. It's a, so, so in, this, in yeah. this separation of religion and state, do you think it can be reformed from within, within the rabbinate, or has to be totally abolished? It has to be totally abolished. It cannot be reformed from within. Um, there, first of all, to, well, it's a little bit of a different thing, but to solve the issues uh, in the Betin for Agunot, there aren't the Dayanim that can do it. There are not Dayanim today. First of all, Dayanim, I know I'm moving on to um, going everywhere, but the Dayanim and the Betin are not doing their job. They're not helping women uh, not to be agunot. They're making it harder for women. But there aren't enough rabbis that that have any kind of ma'of and any kind of chazon to change the system. And there aren't enough Dayanim outside the Betin to step in and to do that. So that cannot be done in the bedding. It's gonna to have to come from the bottom. 
only some things like Rabbi Sperber's now uh, betin that 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 they started that um, actually it was Merkasetik Nashim that kind of um, my friend Nitzan Kaspi Shiloni who started this betin, and um, so so that's where some of the um, solutions can come from. I'm not happy with that either. It's not good enough for me. In, I don't see anything that's good enough for me in the meantime. I think people should take my article seriously where I claim that there is no, that the Kiddushin is not tofes today because of this whole issue of Kinyan B'Kiddushin, which still stands. It has not gone away. It's still there. There is Kinyan B'Kiddushin, and we today do not believe um, Society in the 20th or the 21st century does not think that we can buy a woman's sexuality and that the husband owns it and that he is allowed to rape her. Um, and because of that, it should be done away with just like slavery is done away with. And even if I say I bought you as a slave and you stand here and promise that I bought you as a slave, nobody will take me seriously. So that's that would be the only way because I'll tell you something. Even if Rav Sperber and Rabbi um, Simcha Kraus, even if they solve all the problems for all the women, there are two. There, here's the problem. First of all, at some point, somebody, they're already saying it, but at some point, somebody's going to say, you know what? We don't, all those things weren't tofes and all these children that were born were mamzerim. They're saying that now. But even if everyone agrees with it, they'll say it someday. But the real problem is that the women like me that don't have a problem, the rest of the world, they aren't going to go to these bateddin. We're always going to go to the regular beddin if we can, because why would we want to go to a beddin that's, uh, you know, thought of as problematic? So we're all going to go to the regular beddin. So the other bateddin are always going to be thought of as chashudim, um, you know, suspicious. Okay, so instead of Kenyan, you would like us to use shtar? You'd like to use a contract for weddings instead of uh, I don't know. I didn't say what I'd like to use. Oh, okay. I, what, what I'm saying in this article that I put out in Akdamot is something very new. It's not what Rav Ariel Picard says, um, and it's not what anybody else has said. It's not what Rabbi Emanuel Rackman said, and it's not what Rabbi Professor Mayerson Chafelblum said. It's different than everybody else, what they said. It's saying that all the the... Kiddushin today is not tofes. And therefore, the truth is, you don't need to get, obviously I can't get up and say that, but that's what I'm saying. That there's no Kiddushin that you don't need to get, and there are no mamzerim that way. Now, after I saw, I didn't write it to solve that, the issue over the mamzerim, but I'm just saying that, by the way, afterwards we'll just have to solve problems with, you know, Yisurei Arayot, where you get mamzerim that way also. But, um, um, the truth of the matter is, I just want to say, because I, I, I get this uh, opposition from Rabbi Big, Bigman, who is a good friend of mine. Um, I didn't write this article against Kinyan B'Kiddushin because I wanted to save Agunod Ramzirim. I wrote it truly because for over 25 years, I've been thinking of this issue of Kinyan and trying to get my grips on it and trying to understand what it is. Nobody actually explains what it is. Um, I looked back at some article the other day, Rabbi uh, Professor Master Hafelbum. He says, there's some kind of a kinyan. Everyone says, there's some kind of a kinyan in the Kiddushin. Nobody actually explains exactly what it is. I think I've been very clear in the article to explain what it is. 
and that um, it doesn't exist today. And that's why, um, and that's why I wrote the article. Okay, great. So, so let me ask you, um, have we seen any progress, these decades of fighting the chief rabbinate and ag- advocating for Agunot and Mumzerim that you've done, others have done, where have we seen real progress? <laughs> That's a good question. There's a lot of things going on in Israel that have nothing to do with the Rabbanut. There are women, Talmidot Chachamim, studying and reading Megillah and reading Kriyasa Torah. Not where I live. And where I live, they haven't heard of that yet. But, you know, we do Megillah, but they haven't heard of the idea of anything else. Okay. But there are places in Israel, in Yerushalayim, in the Kibbutz Adati, and in Hoshaya, and to find a few other places where women do a lot of things. And Modi'in, it's very nice. Um, I don't think there's a lot of awareness of the issue. I don't, there are a few nice rabbis here and there that do all they can to solve the problem. Now, I'll tell you what one of the rabbis did in, in a case that I had of an Agunai, and I'll tell you what, what I don't like about this. There's a fantastic rabbi in Tel Aviv, and I had a woman who was eight years, they couldn't find her husband, and I knew that one day they'll find him, bring him in, and I wanted to get her to the best Dayan there is. So I tried to move her to this rabbi, and we succeeded. So we got, we were ready. As soon as they catch the guy, we have the best Dayan, who happened to be Haredi, in Tel Aviv, who's going to really help her out. As soon as we, they, they got him, they brought him in, uh, uh, you know, with the, in, uh, his hands cuffed. And the Dayan said to him like this, I'm not giving you a chiyuv get, because why would he, he couldn't give him a chiyuv get, you know, they have to hear the other side. So why would they give a chiyuv get to a guy who's not here for eight years? But, I, but in order to decide whether I'm giving it to you or not, I will leave you in the matzar and I'll bring you in every few days. And when the guy heard that, he said, I'll give the get, and he gave the get tomorrow. And then the Dayan bought him a Coke. He said, I always buy a Coca-Cola for the, for the guys who give a get. So, you know, on the one hand, this is wonderful. He got the get out of the husband, okay? But look how he did it. He did it by saying, I'm going to throw you into a cellar, and they're going to be bugs and you know, that is not the proper, there's got to be a better way to, for a person, for a rabbi, for a Dayan to say um, that, how to help a woman in Judaism to get out of the marriage. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. Okay. Last question for you. I know we could talk all day um, and this is a big one, but what is your vision for religious feminism going forward in Medina Israel and Chutz Aretz? What do you see as the path forward for religious feminism? I, I don't know if I can answer that. There's a lot going on. I'm not really that much part of it. I'm in the North. Like I said, nobody around me is much of a religious feminist. And um, there's a lot of learning going on and a lot of discussion about things. Uh, Betty Lale has a lot of women and there's a lot of talk about women's issues, a lot more than there was before. Um, I don't know. I'm not even sure that if women become Dianot, they're going to change the system the way I would like it to be changed. 
So I, I don't even want to, I can't even answer that question. Does that imply there is a movement towards Dianote in Israel? Is there some track? There are, I think there is some, uh, you know, project for women to learn for Dianote, but there's a lot of learning going on in Israel that I'm not really part of. You know, I did my studying and I'm kind of like, okay. Uh, so youngsters are studying a lot for Rabbanut, for Dianut. So it's going to be within the next some years that a woman will be able to stand up. But, but I find, I'm pretty sure that the first women that go in won't want to, won't want to make huge changes. Like I don't have any women that have um, said anything about, about my article. I think women are afraid, except for Lashak Dale, who wants to fight it and move ahead and fight with it. But she says she doesn't care anyway what, who thinks what about her because she's so, you know, she's courageous. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to talk right now about feminism. I'm more into what's going on with Judaism here. If, uh, if, children are suffering this way and agunot it's just impossible to to keep on with this okay thank you thank you so much really uh, an honor and delight inspiration to, to thank learn from you. thank you very much